0: A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Today, we have a crazy, entitled parent story of someone comparing themselves to a suffering Olympics gold medalist. We'll get into that in a bit, but first, I humiliate you very often, but your problems are everyone's fault but mine. Well I guess this is the place to talk about this because people here seem to have grown up in healthy families. Whenever I tell that to my friends, some of them will say, that's what moms do and one of them even tells me I'm a wimp because he didn't even have a mom growing up. His passed away when he was born and I should put up with it. Now some full backstory, I'm the younger child of my mom's who's had four children. I have an older sister and twin middle sisters growing up i used to be the complicated child my sister would always get compliments about their grades and behavior at school whereas i was always struggling with school well my mom thought i was some kind of genius because i learned how to speak and read really fast speaking at 15 months old and reading at three so she consulted with a lot of schools and eventually one of them accepted me at the age of five skipping two years of preschool At the beginning, it was okay because a 5-year-old and a 7-year-old are not so different in their interests. But when I got to higher levels, it started to get troubling. The content of classes was not of my interest, so this is what went wrong with school. Besides, at age 11 I was diagnosed with ADHD. I had to take medicine to help me go through school properly. The medicine I took was really strong and it had me emotional most of the day. I was bullied for crying over small things and having no appetite was an issue because I hate my body. I hated being a skinny kid. I wanted to be chubby because I always saw chubby people as more attractive. That's my thing. It got worse. I entered high school at the age of 13, whereas all the other teenagers were 15 or so. So, while I was worried about the next Power Rangers season and re-watching all the seasons of Digimon, they were all thinking about girlfriends, their first alcohol shots and even drugs. Needless to say I had no friends at all in high school and a lot of bullies. I joined college at age 16. My mother was really proud because my sisters didn't do it in the first attempt. All of them had to join private universities because they couldn't get to a public one. But that's the problem here. I was 16 had no childhood because i had no friends at all growing up and there was i in a room full of people who were over 20 years old my whole class hated me because i was too immature to be there well this was also the year my mom found out i'm gay she gave me a call telling me she had the biggest disappointment of her life i was a curse and that i should have died when i was two i choked on a plastic flower for two hours or so before someone could remove it so i could breathe My relationship with her never got back from that ever since she refused paying for my medicine even though i was unemployed and well i see a lot of stories here about people who started working really soon but i live in brazil and the law here is that teenagers under 18 can't work and if they do the employer might get in trouble so i had no money and my adhd kicked in from there i managed to get through the first three years of college very well I didn't fail any disciplines, except for one which I failed because attendance. My mom took me to her house in another city at the beginning of the semester and refused to send me back sooner alone, which caused me to lose three weeks of class, which was worth 24 absences when the failing cap was 21. But from the fourth year on, I had problems with my attention to the subjects. I study veterinary medicine, and from the fourth year on, the subjects start getting very specific. For example, we had to study medical clinic for equestrians and bovines. I hate studying horses and bulls, so it was difficult. I've been failing at least one subject for the past six years. Next year, I'll be there for 11 full years without graduating. Thanks, untreated ADHD, you rock. I've seen all of my friends graduate, yet here I am still a year away from my graduation, if I pass all the subjects. My failures didn't bother me at all in the beginning. I was young and started way too soon. It was okay if I had to wait a few more years to graduate. My best friend also finished and she helps me with a lot of doubts from difficult subjects. The problem is, my mom hates when I fail and every time she heard I failed, she would go on a rant for hours, calling me useless, lazy, and the r-word. She loves telling me how incompetent I am, that if I listened to her advice I would be a gods man and a successful person, it's one of her favorite. She also likes to call me stupid and tell me that me being gay is the problem because I don't hide my sexuality. She proceeds to yell about how she sacrificed her youth to raise four children alone. She divorced my father when I was three and how she's tired of working to keep my luxury. Now here, keep in mind that mom earns 7,000 Brazilian real a month and spends like 200 with me when I need something like new clothes or food that she offers herself to buy for me. I do have a small job now and pay for most of my stuff and we share the bills. I pay internet and water. She pays light. We don't have gas in Brazil. She's constantly reforming our house, changing things. She recently bought a new car even though we already have two and spends around 500 Brazilian real with her hair every two weeks. Yet she insists I spend all of her money. Besides, she didn't live with me until this year's May. That's when she got a job in my city and came to live with me. It didn't go well. The humiliating speeches have been on since 2013 when I joined college and it continues to this day. So, after the pandemic, I haven't been feeling well. I was worried that I was getting depressed and wanted to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but my mom just said I should pray to God to set free of it and refused to believe me that it was that serious. So in the last month, my life got a terrible turn. My boyfriend broke up with me, my anxiety was kicking in to the point my blood pressure would blast off at the minimum sign of stress, college was not going well, and my mom being here, constantly humiliating and degrading me, was not helping. So at the end of the semester, I feel another subject. I know my mom's here and she won't let it pass. I can't help but have a panic attack and start crying. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, H-E-L-P dot com slash storytime I cry so hard, I start coughing and I cough so hard I vomit. The desperation gets to the point when I think, I'd rather end things than spend another year in failure and humiliation. So I take a full bottle of pills and lay down, waiting for it to be over. It doesn't work, and my sisters are worried about me. The panic attack is over and I start thinking better about it and it hits me that I didn't have a reason to do that besides I wasn't ready to keep hearing my mother's humiliation over and over again. I decide I will not let her speak to me or my sisters like that ever again. You might think that was the story, right? Well, it wasn't. The important part of the story is what happened last week. My mom decided to take my medical history to the university and ask for support of my teachers. Now that she sees that college almost had me done with my life. They say it's all set, but they need to meet with me before they proceed. I attend to a meeting with my courses coordinator and a psychologist from CSI, Center of Support to Inclusion. As soon as I enter the psychologist's office, she doesn't mind me. I tell her, Hi, I'm OP. I'm studying vet school and I have ADHD. She doesn't seem impressed by this part and then i say the magic words i'm my mom's son as soon as she hears my mother's name something snaps inside of her she immediately tells me to sit down and tells her assistant to leave the room because she needs to talk to me in private they said so op let me ask you did you refuse to accept you have adhd what took you so long to bring your medical history i'm shocked and i reply I thought my mom had brought it before because I was a minor when I joined. She said, well, your mom came in here with a very weird story, saying you tried to end things because of what a teacher said. She also mentioned the bad influence of a friend, a boyfriend and the problems you had with your father. Oh, well, I never told my mom those were the reasons for my attempt to end things. The teacher talked to me two days after the attempt. He had nothing to do with it, and he only told me that there was no possible way I could recover my lost grades. So it was failing or failing. She also blames my best friend because when I met her, she didn't find the way my mom treated me. Up until my twenties, she treated me like a child, like I had no permission to sleep over or to go anywhere with my friends without her knowing. My friend told me I should cut the umbilical cord, and she was right. When my mom stopped treating me like that, I felt way better. My ex-boyfriend was not a problem at all. We broke up on good terms, although I still miss him to this day, but it wasn't reason enough for me to try to end things. I haven't spoken to my father for four years now. We had a complicated relationship because my father left me really soon in my life, as I said, the age of three, and he never tried to be close to me or my sisters. He used to pay for child support, but then in the middle of the pandemic, with me having serious economic problems. He sued me to stop paying for child support even though I was still in college. In Brazil, the law is you pay it until your kid graduates or turns 24. I was 23 during pandemic. I would be okay with that because I did have a job and I could spare a little, but he had just engaged with a woman who had a three-year-old son and when I visited them, I saw the kid with a tablet, a video game, his own cell phone with internet, a ton of automatic toys and etc. To help you with the math, my child support was 500 real, the tablet his stepson was holding is around 1900 real. So, well, he couldn't afford to pay the 500 to support to me, but he could buy a tablet which was 4 times this value to the other boy. I don't hate the boy, just my father. I actually helped taking care of him and played with him a lot when I visited because I really like children. I might be jealous because my father's giving him what he never gave me, but I have no hard feelings against him. It's not his fault that my father prefers to give support to another man's child instead of his own. This also includes my sisters, who never had anything but child support from him. That was the last I heard from my father, and it bothered me to the point I changed my name. I was a junior, I'm not anymore. Well, those are all different things in which I didn't think about while attempting against my life. The psychologist hears it all and she is gagged. When she asks about my relationship with my mother, I say it's complicated. And as she keeps asking deeper questions, I tell her everything I told you above. The psychologist asks me if I already told her about my feelings when I tried to end things. I say that, not yet, and she's worried. She says my mom also needs therapy because she can't take the blame for her actions. All the pressure and humiliation she's put me through needs to be worked on. I left the office impressed without my mom can make up to get rid of her guilt. But I'm not surprised my mom has never really apologized for her mistakes with anyone, neither me, nor my sister, nor anyone in our family. She always blames it on someone or something else, and says she wouldn't have done it if another person had done something different. P.S. Well, yesterday, I did tell my mom that she was the reason I attempted to end things, not in a gentle way. She had a tooth surgery, and my sister spent the whole week taking care of her. Yesterday, my sister wanted to see a friend and she freaked out about it, calling my sister a party-goer and irresponsible. I replied that she deserved it, but my mom said I shouldn't say anything since much like her, I am, guess what, useless and unwanted. So I proceeded to say, go ahead, say that. Next week, you can lie to the psychologist about it to get rid of your guilt when I tried to end things. I didn't try to do it because of anyone but you, yet here you are repeating the same things you did for all those years until it almost ended me. She started crying and isolated herself for the whole day. She didn't speak to me until now. She went on a trip to her birthplace with my sister and they'll only be back next week. I don't know how things are going to be when they come back. I'm not exactly sure how old OP is now. But I think it's clearly for the best that as soon as they can, they need to get out of this situation, not just for themselves, but also for their mom's sake, because although they've treated OP horrendously their entire life, I don't think OP firing back at them is necessarily the healthiest thing either. You just need to be able to sever that and get out of there as soon as possible. That said, our next story is, you must uphold all your life every time I need you, my mom's story. I, 25-year-old female, am an eldest daughter of heavy Catholic Latin parents. I was raised to respect, obey, and serve my parents for the privilege of being born, being fed, and being cared for. All of these things could be revoked at any time if my behavior was not up to their standards. Growing up, I was my brother's parent since he was born. I was 7 at the time. I developed anxiety early on, as any minor inconvenience was my fault. The milk spilled, the traffic was bad, the house was a mess, whatever it was, even a bad day at her job would make my mom explode on me. It would go from guilt tripping and silent treatments to straight up ignoring me. You hungry? Make yourself food. You have to go to the doctor, take the bus and pay for it yourself all that while expecting me to keep the house clean my grades up my brother well fed and bathed his homework taken care of it all came to a breaking point this week my mom has a small grocery store and because of some legal problems she can't have any money or business in her name so after a lot of guilt tripping she convinced me to put it on mine i would work there on the weekends and she would let me shop for free but it also meant that any money she needed had to go through me Yesterday, she needed a transfer to pay for some fees. I usually have my phone near me and do everything pretty quickly, but I am a full-time teacher and was working yesterday when she texted. I was away from my phone for 20 minutes while I was teaching. Her first text was at about 4pm. Less than 5 minutes later, I got a call and a message. 10 minutes later, another 2 calls and an audio message. Saying, this situation was unbearable. I was a horrible daughter who would never help. I was a mess and a disgrace, for I would never be there when she needed me, and I could undo all that was on my name, for she would find someone who would actually help. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because rust new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from rust She also said some slurs and yelled a lot on the audio message. When I finally got my phone and saw this, I started crying. There were no students on my class, but the other teachers caught me having a panic attack in the teacher's room. They helped me calm down and I went back to class, all while she was sending me multiple posts on Instagram about letting go of toxic people and how some people only bring you down. So I left work and went to see her. She barely looked at me, didn't even talk to me. I took the credit cards in my name transferred her money out of my account, and closed the device on my name at the store. I also closed the bank account she used and made sure nothing was on my name legally before leaving. I am sad, angry, and hurt. This was long coming, and it was not the first time a situation like this happens, but it's my last straw. I just know that she has no one else to help her, and in about two weeks, when she needs me again... I'll get dramatic calls asking why I don't visit anymore, and if I can help her in just a tiny thing, she'll come back all loving and caring like this all never happened, and I'm scared that I'll be too weak to say no. If you own the business, sell it off. If you have credit cards or anything that is mildly accessible by her, end it, close it, transfer the money out, cut it off, cut her off, man, it's just not even worth it. They're worse than a clingy high school fling as far as not returning their texts instantly. Oh, you got hit by a car and you can't respond to anything? You're such a horrible daughter who will never help me. They'd probably be willing to say if you cared enough you wouldn't get hit by that car. Our next story is no contact since October 28th, 2023 results. I have a few policies with regards to my family. They are as follows. You gaslight me. I don't interact with you unless doing so would cause serious risk of bodily harm until I feel like doing so again." They gaslit me until I nearly lost my sense of reality as a child. Detailed journals and some very good friends kept me tethered to reality. See point two for exhibit A. I don't interact with or see my brother under any circumstances outside of a hospital and our parents' funerals and any necessary post-mortem estate business that needs to happen. He R-worded me repeatedly as a child. He is a unstable and unpredictable angry adult. They can deny this, and they do see point one, fine, whatever, but I don't see him or interact on any level. My brother is welcome to first rights of any family holiday or event. I don't need a rotation. If he wants to be there and they want him there, fine, I won't be there. I probably don't want to be there regardless anyways. Kinda makes me sad this time of year, but i found ways of dealing with it. I don't celebrate the holidays. I do my absolute best to ignore that they're even a thing. It's another day on the calendar that just needs to pass. If you want to see me in November or December, it's going to be on a random weeknight and not on the week of Xmas, New Years or Thanksgiving. So we've had a recent incidence of gaslighting around my grandfather catcalling women in his retirement home in front of me while I was checking in on him during a recent vacation my parents took a task that was assigned to me 12 hours before they left town, a task that I reminded them I would do this time but next time is my brother's turn and we'll take turns. Their response to that was that my brother couldn't be asked to do that because he lives 15 minutes further away from said retirement home. I set the firm boundary that until he is over a 90 minute drive away that we would take turns or they could hire a nurse for all of their trips. I have not returned calls or texts since October 28th after these events happened except for one text to my father to inform him that his father had called me and seemed very confused. They haven't really messaged or called that much. I've recently started a new job. It's barely outside of a reasonable expectation that I'm busy so that brings us to this morning. So far as I'm writing this we have one text from my mother at 9.30 left unresponded to One email from my father at 9.47 left unresponded to. One call from my aunt at 9.52 answered. One invite to stay in a cabin with my aunt, her three children, and three grandchildren. My parents and brother rejected. Of note, it is uncommon for my aunt to call me. We can go years without talking to each other. I have nothing against her. I actually like her. After I was told when I had an abortion not to tell anyone else in the family, they've preferred to control all communications between me and my extended family. It sucks, but I'm not willing to create drama. Said extended family is not geographically close. I don't know them that well. It's not a huge loss on the scale of what I already lost. Given that pattern, I feel confident that the call from my aunt came at my mother's request. I'm also confident that the text and email were coordinated. Why can't they just let me live my life alone and cope with the grief I feel this time of year alone? Honestly, considering the history of everything, they probably don't want you to live your life alone because you're a valuable tool for them. They want to assert that control over you. They can still use you for things. If they're now trying to reach out to you through proxy family members, I think you're just going to have to continue to widen your scope of ignoring. Our next story is, I'm always sick. Now, I don't know if this is going to be the right place to put this because I personally don't think it had the right vibe. Anyway, I'm 17. I've been sick with various ailments for the better part of four-ish years. I always feel nauseous all day, every day, and sometimes I throw up. Other times I have ear infections that I have to get medication for. Sometimes I have horrible headaches, get dizzy and slur my words. It's been on and off and I've gotten nowhere in figuring out what is wrong with me, partially because my parents don't take it seriously. My parents, despite asking them, hardly ever take me to the doctor. They take me for ear infections and I have an appointment with an ear doctor sometime soon but then don't care much about anything else. I've been to the doctors twice for my nausea and both doctors gave me two different diagnoses and it never went away. I've never gone for the headaches and dizziness though. Something important is that I work, with food, with my dad. It's not a family business, it's a corporation that he works for, but he's the owner of one of the stores that this corporation had. Therefore, he is my boss. That by itself gives me many, many problems, and a lot of my friends think that my dad is just exploiting me for easy labor. However, that's a story for another time. What is important is that because I work for him, my parents think I'm faking it to get out of work just today i woke up and had horrible stomach pains i ended up throwing up in my bathroom and then again around noon despite this and my dad hearing me throw up the first time he still tried to make me come in it took my mom arguing with him for him to let me stay home but even after that i could hear my parents talking about how i was still just faking it to stay home and be lazy i don't know how to end this post i still feel like i could puke again any moment but even worse knowing that my parents are mad at me for being sick I don't know how to explain to them that I'm not faking it, I'm just sick. Honestly, if OP's paid any kind of wages, if they have a bank account, if they have a debit card, well, first and foremost, if they don't, I would try your best to get it. If they do, go on your own volition to schedule doctor's appointments, get an Uber to the doctor's office. If they're not going to take you and your illness seriously, then at least give yourself the best chance to possibly be seen by somebody. I mean, even just call your primary doctor and tell them that you're having these issues and that you'd like to see somebody but your parents aren't doing anything. They'd most likely help you get a referral or an appointment to come in, anything like that. Our next story is Entitled Mom Trippin' Over Dinner. I moved back home after finishing my master's in Alabama. I'm the oldest of three girls, so I've always had to help around the house and I've had no problem with it. However, now as a 23-year-old, my mom now calls me the house manager. This entails cooking, cleaning, cleaning kitchen, dropping off my youngest sister, and picking her up from school. Very, very basic things, but the name still bothers me. This week, I tested positive for influenza and strep. I haven't been able to cook or clean all week because I felt like crap. Nothing was said by my mom. She made dinner Monday, Tuesday, and brought food home Wednesday and Thursday. Today is Friday, and I feel better, but not 100%. As soon as she gets into the house, she complains about the stove being dirty, crumbs made by my youngest sister, and I said nothing. About an hour later, so around 6, she texts and asks what's for dinner. I joke and say that the chef is out of commission still and that we'll have leftovers since she made soup, mac and cheese with fried chicken, and pasta bake that's still sitting in the fridge. I tell her we'll have leftovers since there's so many and she freaks the freak out. Starts saying how I wish I knew how disappointing it is to come home to this. One week of not cooking, my youngest sister who's usually the one asking what's for dinner was totally fine with leftovers and gave a thumbs up. I asked my mom if she and I could still have a more open communication if she wanted me to make dinner tonight and she said she doesn't have to do any of that now my mom is crying in her room and texting my middle sister and calling me rude and selfish i give up y'all all that crying and that name calling that is just classic textbook manipulation they're willing to appear like they're just suffering like they're just wallowing to make you feel bad there's no reason for them to feel that way at some point you just have to recognize these as crocodile tears and try to let it not bother you until you can get back out of that place I would just kill them with kindness. Be nothing but kind and polite to them. If they want to keep calling you selfish, rude, awful, let it bounce off of your shining smile. Our next story is mother-in-law not happy about no one making it to a last-minute lunch. So today is the day before my father-in-law's 90th birthday. We're planning a huge party with 12 tables, Chinese banquet style, for tomorrow night. So today my wife and I picked up his dry cleaning to bring it over in the morning so he would have neat and clean suit for the party. My entitled mother-in-law mentioned that their clothes dryer was acting up and not heating up so I figured I'll be the nice guy and stop by with my wife to take a look at it. Now my wife had lunch plans with her old grade school classmate that she hasn't seen in 15 years or so and I had a bunch of plumbing jobs around the house that I was planning on doing My oldest, who's finishing up his college graduation project, has a noon meeting with his advisor, and my youngest, who's in his first year of college, has a bunch of homework he needed to take care of before Monday. Now, my wife and I get to my in-law's house, and I go down to the garage to take a look at the dryer. There's nothing wrong with the heating element, and everything seems to be fine. So, when I head back upstairs, I find my mother-in-law telling my wife that we all need To go to lunch because of my father in law's birthday tomorrow. No warning, just telling us that we all need to go today. Didn't even ask if we were busy. My wife texted our kids to see if they wanted to go. My mother in law was not happy that both the kids were busy and could not go. She started whining and complaining. My wife agreed to go, but I said that I have other plans and will not be going. More entitled whining. I was okay with driving them to the restaurant. But throughout the ride she kept complaining about no one wanting to change their plans for her and she whined about the seating arrangements for the dinner the next night. I saw somebody raise a really interesting and good point about this kind of behavior where older folks in her situation get obsessed with these little details and make a mountain out of a molehill because at this point in their lives that's literally the only thing that's like possibly going wrong. Everything's probably so samey, so familiar. Having one little thing messed up that isn't going exactly their way is like the end of the world. Our next story is Suffering Olympics Gold Medalist. Me, 31-year-old male, am a disabled cancer patient. Due to my cancer, I lost motor function of my right leg. Now, I can walk without assistance, but I have to wear three braces to do so, and I can't do anything but a demented walk. Cars are hard for me to get in and out of, so the blue lines in the disabled parking space helps give me the room and accessibility to get in and out of the car. This information is relevant. Well, enter my mother, a very entitled, I have it worse, kind of person and has been this way all the time I've known her. She parks in a space I cannot get out of on my own, and I ask if we can park in the disabled space so I can get out. She snaps back, well, I'm disabled too. Okay, I never said you weren't, I asked for you to park so I can get out, and this is one example of her competing with my disabilities and cancer. If I say I don't feel good, she pipes up and says she feels worse. When I was in the hospital, paralyzed and miserable, all she could do was talk about her small stint in the ER over a perfectly preventable heart issue. I could barely lift my head, but here she was telling me how hard she had it, I have no doubt but I needed my own space. Am I overreacting here? Absolutely not. It's just frankly exhausting to be around somebody who has to be the lowest, most deserving of sympathy person around. Somebody who legitimately cannot accept that anybody has it worse than them, that anybody might be suffering a little bit more, or, you know, just might be deserving of some consideration. Is just the thought of them makes me so tired, I just want to go take a nap.